I have Leslie Ann on the line. Hello, Leslie Ann. Hello, good afternoon. What did you want to talk about today on Unscripted? I would like to talk about the, the, I suppose the lack of support that we have here in Ireland for, for parents with children with any additional needs, disability, etc., etc. Um, I have been campaigning since September gone in regards to the lack of support that there is out there and, and the amount of the lengthy waiting list we have for children. In, um, not particularly, not just in Dublin, but it's all over the country. It seems to be an epidemic. Yeah, no, it's really upsetting. It, it really is because I think anybody who's had a diagnosis, whether it's anywhere on the spectrum of somebody with special needs or a disability or an illness, to get that diagnosis and think, OK, well, that's great. Now we can move forward because it must be quite a hard road to get to that point if your child isn't meeting the so-called markers they should be. Then you get your diagnosis and you think we're going to get an action plan and then you just get more more waiting and more uncertainty. Yeah, it, like I mean, in in my story, I suppose, um, with my son, my second son who was born, you, as a mother, you know straight away from the minute they're born um, that there's something not right, particularly if it's not just your first child, you know, you kind of, you, I suppose you you kind of <laughs> gauge them off one another. Um, so with Jamie, it was, it was a case of, right, this little guy hasn't stopped crying since he's born, you know, he's not meeting his milestones. And you go down every channel and you go first, obviously, your health nurse and your GP and then your GP will refer you on to somebody else. And then it's kind of a really long process and a real drawn out long road that you have to do until you get to a diagnosis. And in my case, with my, my second son, it was seven years before he was diagnosed. And then then you get to a point where, right, we have a diagnosis. I was told he had cerebral palsy. I was sent on my way and... I'm like, okay, what do I do next? Who do I ring? Who do I chase up? You're given a diagnosis and you're just like, right, off you go, deal with it. Now look for the support wherever you need to look for them. And normally, in my case, it was the CRC. But nine times out of ten, it's community support. And they're just not there. There are no supports in the community. And, you know, there's there's wait lists there again because there's so much demand. I mean, wow, yeah. Leslie-Anne, that's a, that's a long time to wait for such a serious diagnosis which obviously needs quite a lot of support cerebral yeah. palsy that he was he was seven and is it true that you had a brain scan at one stage for he Jamie did. and he you got, waited a year yeah. to hear the results he got, of that he got one when he was six in in I remember in the November and it was September again this this uh, pediatrician because she was the only pediatrician that worked on a part-time basis out of Our Lady's Crumlin of course she's she, her clinics are so they're, they're so backed up that it, 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 was t- it took a whole year again she got to read this out to me. And I remember going in and it was the day before my, my, my daughter was supposed to start uh, junior infants in school. And I remember being there and I remember saying, okay, after all the investigations on the brain scan we did, um, we realised that Jamie has brain damage on the left side of his, on the right side of his brain, which, which affects the left side of his body. And okay, and then she just kind of said, okay, is that okay? And off she walked, and I never seen her since. And I was just like, oh my god, I've waited all these years, and I've been knocking on doors and shouting and screaming and crying and looking for somebody to help this baby for them to come and tell me a year later after the brain scan waiting and waiting for so long and tormenting the clinic saying can I have the results can I have the results and then they say well there's only one person that authorises these that can read these is authorised to read out these results and it was that lady and then off she went and I couldn't even ask her any questions as to how did this happen or you know you're just giving it and you're sent on your way and 
it's horrible. It's, it's, I, I really, really feel sorry for other parents that are probably waiting to go through that now because if I, if, if the way myself, my husband felt at the time, you know, you don't, it's, it's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. I can't get my head around that, Leslie Ann, because parenting is hard anyway because it's yeah. so unknown and you're so new to it and it's such a steep learning curve. So to have something like that thrown at you and to feel very much on your own. How how did you and your husband cope? Well, I suppose we, I mean, we had, we had three other children, you know, to kind of deal with you after that, you know, well, I, you know, I had Jamie and then I had the other two little girls there. So we did the other two girls and because we're so busy and they were so small, I suppose we, we kind of looked after them and I spent all my time, all my mornings, which I had did before just on the phone, trying to get support and trying to get help and where do I go next? And actually chasing people up for for um letters of referrals and, and that's all you spend your time doing. And I think that's probably what gets you through because you're busy. Because if you were to sit around and think about it and of course you think about their future and how, how their disability is going to affect them and stuff, you'd be driven mad, like you'd be in a madhouse. I can't understand how you're so smiley and sunshiny, how you've continued through all of this and come out unscathed. I'm sure you're not unscathed in reality, but your little girl, Sienna, you have a feeling that she has cerebral palsy also or or, or something similar? Since I spoke to you guys the last time, um, I have last week we saw um, a muscle specialist in Temple Street and they have diagnosed her with evolving cerebral palsy. And what they're going to do, so I have ha- I got this diagnosis last week and the last week alone I have been, I cannot even concentrate on day-to-day stuff like, mm. you know, like like running the household and looking after the children because it is unbelievable. Now, I mean, they're going to re, yeah, I suppose, re, re-scan her brain when she's two because the brain will be kind of a little bit more developed than what it was initially. Um, so, so basically what's going to happen next is they're going to refer her on to the CRC because they, they feel community therapy for her because of the 30 month waiting list. Um, it, it, it won't benefit her at all because 30 months away is, is far too long to leave a baby who, who can't even crawl yet. That's 15 months old. You know, now in fairness, like again, I get to the CRC and we're going to get her therapies. It's going to be another good couple of months. So, you know, it's even that alone, they are great out there, but they haven't got the resources either. You know, they they're kind of on their knees when it comes to therapists and getting the help for the, the for the children that they already have out there without having to take on new referrals. But I mean, um, but again, she gets therapy again. It's going to be another couple of months. So, like, I, my whole problem is I just don't understand why the government aren't addressing this problem. You know, it's it's huge. And the amount of every day you hear a story about a mother fighting and parents having to set up GoFundMe pages to take their children out of the country for therapy, for for help. It's just, it, it I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. But all I know now as it stands, it's kind of after being punched in the face twice in, in my family, yeah. you know, after being told about Sienna and... I suppose I worry for her now, um, I, whereas I don't worry as much for Jamie because I do see he is, like, he's quite mild, you know, he's he's able to do the everyday stuff that a little boy his age can do, but he has struggled. He spends a lot of his nights up crying in pain because it's muscle pain, you know. Um, and is he in mainstream school, Leslie-Anne? Yeah. School. yeah, yeah, he's fine. Now, at one stage, like, he has a, he has a, um, 
splint for his leg and you know he's little things that kind of make his quality of life a little bit better mm-hmm. again i would i would like for him to have more occupational therapy but there isn't that they haven't got the resources in the crc for weekly appointments they can be like months apart you know um so look it's just it's just a matter of people on the ground doing these therapies that there's just not enough of them there you know they're burnt out the consultants are burnt out the doctors are burnt out and it just seems to be the biggest mess I have ever seen ever yeah I would love to hear from anyone working in the health service obviously you can remain anonymous but I'd like to hear from that end I mean why Mm. is Leslie Ann seeing somebody a year later about a brain scan is there some changes we can make there that you can be told by someone else a little bit sooner Leslie yeah. Ann what is the impact on the kids obviously there's a massive strain put on your family on yourself but in an ideal world if Jamie and Sienna had earlier intervention um, would it help them to have a, a better life is that that's the I, bottom line isn't I it I do think so I, I like I mean I think in, with, with Sienna now she isn't I mean she's getting I, I suppose with the with the experience I had with Jamie and letting it go on so long, at this time around it didn't go on so long with Sienna because I, I kind of knew there was markers there. I said, no, she has what her brother has and I don't care what anybody else says and I was very proactive and I, you know, I went down all the channels. But in Jamie's case, you know, until he was six, he spent all his life falling. I spent more time in Temple Street with him smashing his teeth and more head injuries. And if we had known, say, for example, when he was two, that this is what he had, I mean, we could have given him a walker to walk with. Yeah. We could have given him splints on his legs. We could have even put a bloody helmet on him. You know what I mean? Like, it's stuff like that. We, we could have eliminated an awful lot of upset in our family. Like, any time I had to go to the hospital with Jamie, uh, if, if my husband wasn't working, they'd be sent off to Nana's, you know, for a day or two while I was in hospital with Jamie. Stuff like that that has an impact on, on the other siblings in the family. You know, um, it, it's just, it's storing up a world of problems by not just for the child who has the disability, but it's also very unfair on the other siblings in the family that are missing out on time with their mammy and daddy or, you know, because all the attention is on the child that has has the issues and the others are being left behind. Like, I know you try your best to do what you have to do with them, but yeah. they are being left behind. It's very, very unfair. And Leslie-Anne, you want to represent all children in this situation, not just your two, which I think is really commendable. You spent a night sleeping outside the doll in protest yeah. and nothing happened. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. It's almost like prior to that last September, I walked 20k from the constituency area of the Taoiseach, which I live in, and I walked all the way to the doll. I mean, I had the help of my local representative, she's Councillor Tanya Doll. She's been amazing and she's did so much with me, you know. But we stood there, we walked to the doll, we were outside the doll, and we stood outside the doll on the freezing cold night that it was two weeks ago. And not one person from the government stood outside, even for a photo opportunity, even just to say, look, I get, you know, I get where you're coming from. I feel your pain. I will. We will try and do something. We'll try and meet with you. Nothing. 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 It's almost like if we ignore her, she maybe she'll maybe go away, and she won't continue protesting and fighting for children, and she kind of won't be embarrassing us anymore. And that's, that's the kind of that's the feeling I'm getting. You know, God, Leslie Ann, I feel your pain. I really do. I. 
commend you for having the spirit to even keep going because as I said I think, parenting yeah. is hard I anyway think. but yeah. to have that and it's so unfair they deserve these things yeah it's their, it's their human right to get these these type of things you know you're not looking for <laughs> you're not looking for like paramount care where they're you know they're the best treated in the world in the hospitals and stuff you're just looking for basic basic uh, appointments you know even down to the likes of an eye appointment I have another son, my first son, he's waiting on neurology for like two years now. Just basic stuff like that, because I know something along in, in everybody's home it resonates where the, you everybody has a child that is waiting on something. Yeah. You know, so it's in every single home. But I think the only thing that keeps me going and I suppose that keeps me more upbeat and I suppose I have a bit of fire in my belly where I will say, look, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to fight for other children is because I've been down that road and I know how difficult it is. And I mean, since I started my campaign, I've been getting numerous messages and phone calls off families and and parents just saying, what do you think I should do next? And that's why I set up the Facebook page. It's just maybe even a support network. If I can, like, give somebody five minutes of my time out of my day to chat to them on the phone, to just to tell them, look, this is what happens next, or this is what's going to, or this is what's not going to happen. Then I, I feel like I'm helping somebody, you know. Yeah, and you're not alone. I think power yeah, to you. What is the Facebook page if people want it, to make contact, helps, Leslie? It's help our children Ireland, and and people can even like they can just post up their own videos of their own struggles of their own children. And, yeah. You know, it's just it's just a little bit extra that we should be getting in the community that we're not getting, and and where people can go and air their kind of their grievances with the government. Yeah, they look and just at, feel like know. they're they're being heard that they have a voice. Leslie Ann, we support you a hundred percent. Do Thank keep in touch with much. us if there's anything we can do to help. I, I'm sure we always will. And if just getting it out there is one step in the right direction, I hope all the best to Thank you me. and to all of your family. Thank you very Thank much, you Leslie Ann. So Thanks for your time. How is she so strong and with such sunshine in her voice? Honestly, that is just beyond upsetting. I'd like to get your thoughts on it. 53106 or you can email lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. Jennifer is on the line. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Claire. How are you? I'm good. Um, tell, yeah, me, tell, me your, tell me your story here. Well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm absolutely in admiration of Leslie Ann, like yourself there. And I just think it's just, I'm, I'm shocked that this, this is the length that she has to go to. Like, I, I'm baffled that the government are not stepping in to help these children. Um, I'm a primary school teacher. I won't name my school now or anything like that, but my school are brilliant. <laughs> I'm probably biased, but we are left to our own devices a huge amount of the time, Claire, with children with additional needs. I mean, I myself have been handed documents from amazing occupational therapists, but I'm a primary school teacher. They've handed me this document of specific work that I have to do with a child, you know, to help them come on. I'm, I'm not trained to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's just shocking that and I would do anything I can to help the children in my care, but that can't be right. Do you know what I mean? I know, and I don't think we need to justify that those with special needs or disabilities get the services they deserve Absolutely because that's a society not. we all no. want to live in. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, if you want to look at the country's coffers as a business, it makes business sense to invest in these kids now so that yes. they can contribute to society exactly. later on and they don't start to fall through the cracks because yeah. that's what happens to people when they don't get what they need. They what can't they need, integrate yeah. into society properly and it's not fair. Yeah, and, they, and we talk, we hear all the time about early intervention and how important it is, and it is. So why are these children being left for years on end on waiting lists, not getting the help they need? It's just, I'm baffled. And I, I just, I don't know, I think Leslie Ann is fantastic. 
but she shouldn't have to do this. No, and her kids... Fair play for doing it, but I, I don't know why people aren't talking about it all the time. We talk yeah. about it in my job. Why, why does nobody talk about this? This is a huge national disgrace. It really is. Well, we're talking about it now. Jennifer, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Um, Get involved, 53106 for your texts or you can email lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. Massive reaction to this one. We'll take a quick break.